Welcome to a special series of the Talking Writing Podcast, exploring my project, Weird Music. I'm John Vogel, TW's Art Director. I recently released the audio of Weird Music, and I also wanted to create this podcast series as a way to offer a more in-depth edit of the material and give some background on my personal journey making the project. Five of the episodes for this series will be available for free, and the other four will only be available to subscribers. All the interviews conducted for this project were done from 2009 to 2011. Soon after completing them, I wrote a long rough draft and then spent several years editing and condensing it while learning the music in a live setting. At some point around the end of 2019 or the beginning of 2020, I was able to play through the entire finished piece. I spent the first year of the pandemic recording the whole thing, and then, after a break, gave it a thorough mix and mastering before releasing it in August 2023. The first interviews for this project happened in August 2009 when I took a train down to Baltimore to interview Drew Daniel and Martin Schmidt of the electronic duo Matmos, and then took a bus to New York City to interview drummer and composer Chess Smith. In July of 2010, I interviewed John Atkinson, Josh Bonatti, and Aaron Wall of the electronics and percussion band Big A Little A from New York City. The interview took place after a show they played at Philadelphia's Danger Danger Gallery. Later, in October of that year, I interviewed Joe Mino in Chicago and Vice Cooler and Steve Touchton of the noise punk band XBXRX in Los Angeles while I was on tour playing in Grandchildren. In 2011, Grandchildren went on tours opening for both Odeth and Man Man. In August, after our tour with Odeth, I went up to Portland, Maine to interview singer and guitarist Great Jamie. Then, in October, I interviewed Man Man's Ryan Katner at our last show in LA, and after getting home, interviewed Chris Powell, Jamie Robinson, Billy Dufala, and Matt Gibson in December. When I was just beginning this project, I was greatly impacted by Stephen King's book On Writing. I was particularly drawn to his idea of art as a form of telepathy, and I used much of his advice on drafting throughout the course of creating weird music. At the time of our interview, Matmos was also working on their album The Marriage of True Minds, which was made using transcripts of telepathic sessions they collected which were patterned after the Gonsfeld experiments in parapsychology during the 1970s and 80s. As a result, this became the first main topic of the project. The following section starts with a sort of collage of everyone's initial response to the telepathy prompt, and then settles into longer responses from Drew Daniel of Matmos, Chess Smith, a joint discussion from Jamie Robinson and Chris Powell, who were both in Man Man and Need New Body together, and ending with another comment from Drew Daniel. So one of the inspirations for this project is a quote by Stephen King. I don't know if you guys are fans of his. Who is he? The horror, horror writer? Yeah, writer? yeah I read him when I was a kid, yeah. I certainly read a lot of Stephen King. Yeah. Not, not in a while, but... I've never read a Stephen King book. I've seen quite a number of movies. <laughs> I don't know much about him. Yeah, I'm not that familiar with his... Does he have a weird technique or something? I saw him once when I, the only time I visited Maine. I we saw him. For him once? <laughs> <laughs> well, he plays yeah. that. He plays that band with uh, Dave Does Barry, really? Amy Tan. What? I think. Yeah, the Rock Bottom Remainders. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Is that a real yeah, band? Yeah. Wait, who's the fourth? What? It's like it's got to be Dean Koontz, right? Maybe like Chaucer. 
Well, he says in On Writing that all the arts depend on telepathy to some degree. So I just wanted to ask, do you think there are any telepathic elements to music or to art in general? Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, like tele- telepathy and in, in, in like the sense of like, 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 um, like reading people's minds or something like that or, or like. Hold on, Chris. Let's talk about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you getting it? I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Telepathy between each other, between us and the audience. Well, I guess it would be that the artist creates and inhabits a space when they're working on a project, and then when the audience member views or hears that piece, then they're sort of inhabiting that space or participating in that. Hmm. It, ma- it makes sense that, you know, telepathy is like a useful metaphor for the idea of feeling across a distance, right? And that you can read a poem from 400 years ago and be possessed by, you know, these words or this voice in your head as you kind of read inside your mind and you are kind of feeling across a distance. There's an action across a distance that's happening. And that's supposedly magical thinking, right? Action at a distance, it can't happen. Um, But at the level of feeling, um, at the level of like affect and the sort of charge of affect that art can create, it can happen across physical distance and temporal distance right and like the sympathy that you feel when you read or when you look at an artwork a film um, a novel like that sort of feeling with something um, I think that model is quite close to telepathy I mean love relationships are similar too right in that couples that have been together a long time complete each other's sentences there is this weird feeling of like a group mind a hive mind musical improvisation is the same as well where everyone is sort of reaching for well i'm about to do this and maybe you'll do that and then we'll do this and there's this feeling of completing each other's thoughts collectively you know i think all these things can be i mean obviously it's very fast and loose but you can kind of collapse them down into models of each other author reader musician listener two lovers you know I mean, partly it's just a, like a social network, you know, like hanging up with friends and playing. Right. You know, and the easiest way to do that is to improvise, or you know, the the most immediate way to do that. It's not it's not the easiest all the time, but all right. Yeah, I guess what I get out of it is you know just trying to look for things and solve problems as they come up. You know, I like to look at it as a river that we're all swimming in or riding our canoe or whatever our steamboat up the wrong way or down however you want to dip into the river of creativity which is definitely connects humans uh back to early man i think i think this this basic you know metaphorical river or whatever you want to say is uh, part of the human spirit and i know that everything that we do uh creatively comes out of something that is, you know, kind of a mashup of what you've grown into. Um, you're a blank when you're born and you soak it in, in the way that your DNA prescribes. And then you're singing a tune and with any luck, you're singing it in a different way than anybody has before. But at the same time, you're, you're definitely on the shoulders of all the the other people. So I think that there there is like a communal feel. And if you connect with a musician for long enough, if you play with someone for long enough, it definitely seems telepathic. And again, that has to do with like that magic, like we're magicians. I think of amazing musicians as wizards sometimes. Because for me, it's like seeing some Harry Potter shit. You're, you're like, 
especially if you're a musician, you can have this experience where you spent your whole life trying to learn something and you see somebody do something and it's sublime. It seems like magic. And, um, you know, and part of it about going to a live show is that people, uh, can't do it. And they go there to see you pull it off. They, it's the same with sports. They see you, they want to see you knock it out of the park when it really counts. And you, you, you know, you play a guitar solo, it's like knocking it out of the park and people are like, wow, he just pulled that off in front of me. But basically all this stuff, this like magical feeling and uh, people group band together and connect their brains in ways. Uh, most of the stuff happens in split seconds and you could probably measure it with high speed cameras and, and, uh, you know, hmm. stickers on your head and um, EKGs and whatnot. Um, we're we're definitely part of a, a like a, there is like a consciousness that's woken up. But I mean, you're if you improv, your improv brain. To me, my improv brain is smarter. So I, I definitely think there's a connection between people who play for a long time. It becomes evident that you can do these things that sort of you know, I know what he's going to do next or vice versa. And, uh, that definitely seems like, uh, telepathy. I, I think also Stephen King, like writing, if he's talking about that, I think a lot of creative people get their stuff from, from God or from the universe or from another source where they're just kind of, you free your mind, you clear your mind and you, you, you get ready to receive almost instead of it coming from inside of you. Um, I think that's just a human aspect being born one out of a billion people. You know, I think you just have in you something that, uh, it's, it's more about receiving something that's already there. Birds that are migrating are tuned into the, the, uh, you know, the travel channel that we don't get because we don't have the right antenna or whatever, but it's um, just tuning in. It's, it's, um, yeah, there, there's, I feel like there's a lot of things happening, um, specifically with music too. There's, uh, just to reference and I feel like this reference comes up, uh, all the time now. Um, but like the, the Malcolm Gladwell reference of like the 10,000 hour rule on, uh, what you do. And if you put in 10,000 hours, you're essentially, you're just an expert at what you do. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of musicians, not all of them, but a lot of them have put in those, you know what I mean? With anything that anyone does, you know, if you put in your 10,000 hours, I actually, I really uh, agree with that. And it's, it makes it so it's, uh, it's like walking and, and talking and, and anything else. And you, you don't even have to really think about it anymore. And then it's just a matter of, you know, you build up a, a language and, and, uh, you know, you, you work with a certain team, you work with people. Like for example, you know, Jamie and I have played for, uh, half of our lives together and it's a uh, funny thing about it, but it's, it's, um, but it really, it really, uh, you're able to, uh, improvise, you know, both of us have put in well over 10,000 hours <laughs> on our instrument. Um, and probably even, you know, a, a lot of it playing together. And when, when you do that, it's, uh, like you're saying, you know, like improvising things are like a split second. So if you're tuned in, uh, you know, this is the whole telepathy, like you're saying, you know, getting back to that. It's if you're tuned in, um, you know, if, if you're just open to things, uh, it's it, it, it all works. And there is definitely uh, telepathy happening. But there's also you're able it, it also can appear, though, that there's telepathy happening when really you're just an expert at what you do. And and you're and you're just 
and you're working with another expert who's able to make split second decisions and completely shift things uh, creatively and um, you know concepts and and you know everything on the spot like that and it really uh, you know so there is there is telepathy but at times all it is really just just kind of like not a conscious like, I think it's a subconscious and it's, and it is, level yeah, it is subconscious that, and it's from it, like that's from working second it's, it's almost smarter than your conscious brain I wish I could be like it's like a family like, hey Chris on this next part do like a mm-hmm. fill. I wish you could like talk you know if we had walkie talkies but you don't have time if you're thinking about it it's already too late pretty much so and you can see somebody's uh, e- even as as simple as uh, seeing somebody's uh, body language or, or they're they're just kind Kind of how they're moving, you know, where they're moving on the instrument. Uh, you're just you're tuned into something, and it might not be you know reading each other's minds necessarily, but you can see somebody move a certain way, and from having played with them for so long, you can just kind of guess where they're going to go and kind of and move with them. So there's so that stuff is it's just communication, you know, yeah. really, and it's uh some some conscious some some. Uh, subconscious but if you're you know as long as you're just tuned in and and uh i think it's a mixture if you're tuned in you know open to things and if you're actually um you know an expert at what you do it all works to uh you know make some sort of magic i think (laughs) i think it's well demonstrated when someone messes up a song and everybody immediately instantaneously does the same thing as them to kind of make it seem like oh we meant to do that that's that's kind of funny yeah that's a that's a good (laughs) it's like a survival uh survival instinct that kicks in and it's not but it's funny because that's not that's not telepathy though that's just everyone being really good at what they do yeah and if someone you know we don't even have to look at each other you can just someone does slip up happen yeah yeah if someone does slip up you go with it you know yeah and you just you know to 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 save it and but that's but that's strictly uh being good at what you do you know, which of course is if somebody's messing up, you know, it's kind of going against it, right? But you know, it happens. It's being right? good at you messing know? up. Yeah, you know, exactly. that is a very exactly. big, exactly. the best, the biggest, and the best are very good exactly. at messing up. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me a little bit. I mean, I use this metaphor when I'm thinking about arguments, but I think it could also work about like positive stuff, like kind of the way that people inspire or like push each other to create further. If you think about microphone systems and speakers and like feedback and how it works, that it's this recursive loop happening and that that can happen between people, you know, in a positive way when they're improvising together or when they're sharing a space together, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't have to produce hellish feedback. It can also produce this kind of like unifying output that is more than you. I mean, that's what I like, I guess, about the way that we work is that I don't really feel like there's a lot of burden on me to express myself. Like I'd rather draw on the world and other people, you know, I'm not so interested in kind of outpouring. I'm more interested in kind of pulling in. In the next section, we'll hear responses from Josh Bonatti and John Atkinson of Big A Little A, Vice Cooler of XBXRX, and sculptor-slash-musician Billy Dufala, who was playing in Man Man at the time of the interview. I, I think that we 
I mean, the bands have, we've been playing together enough to where it's like we kind of like have our own. Uh, you know, if the show's going well for us, we have our own cohesion. Um, I think that translates pretty well to to an audience. Like we know a couple of other bands in Brooklyn too that do that well, where they're kind of like just internally focused, and they're so they're not even really. It almost seems like they're not even really aware that there's an audience there so much, and so just the fact that they're kind of like interlocked um, is is enough to be appealing. To be, like that's that's something interesting to see. Like I, like people I, that are just locked, you know. So like like Birthday Boys is a great yeah. example of that. Like they're just kind of like have their internal sync and their internal telepathy, and it's like oh cool. Like they're kind of they're on their own like. Because the band on stage is in their own kind of connected mania, that's like interesting enough, you know. Well, that's and, and the opposite of that is like really boring, you know. When you see a band and there's like one person who's kind of like not into it, or so the drummer is kind of annoyed that he's like he's like a metal drummer, but he's playing in a pop band, and he's like, "Oh, this is so beneath me," you know. Like that disconnect makes makes a band like totally suspect to me, like right off the bat. I, I think we try and like do to like I mean everything's created with kind of like phenomenological like idea where we're trying to like put ourselves in the mind of the audience and like, uh, you know, make something that's going to like continue like surprise and kind of like engage in different ways, whatever. So it's definitely something, you know, everything happens so fast during performance that it is, you know, it, it, for us, it can be like somewhat insular experience sometimes. All I love like looking out and seeing like people and like feeling the vibe and whatever. But I, I think it does start from a place where, like, thinking about the audience and, like, trying to, like, make something that's going to, like, connect them in, like, a, a special way that's, like, distinctive. I don't know if I believe in telepathy. I, I would like to believe in it, but I, I don't know really if, if I believe it exists. Um, but I think sometimes people mistake things as telepathy, like reading body language or or the example we were doing earlier about, like, you're playing to a crowd and you're you're watching the crowd during all the other bands to like, try to read them, read what their vibe is, you know, and then trying to, um, I mean, there's like, there's ways of, uh, communicating without words that isn't necessarily mind reading, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah. So the, you know, uh, I, I, I could, you know, maybe sometimes people look at emotions too as telepathy because you're, you're reading the energy of the room, you know, and, and you're you're responding. Like if someone starts jumping and dancing, then maybe you'll get more into it. And that's not necessarily telepathy. It's a reaction to like this emotion that's being pushed into the room, you know. Um, I mean, you there's definitely an as a performer, you you have to know that and and, and like read it and be aware of it. Otherwise, you're your shows are going to be pretty boring probably, or, or like, uh, inconsistent. Um, I don't know. I mean, telepathy, I think is just a more exotic word or exotic explanation for something that's more simple, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for, for where I am in, in the band musically, um, I think I just entertain myself and not even, I don't, I really don't give a fuck to a certain degree about that aspect of it because 
re- regardless of what it is, like, and this sounds like such a weird self-absorbed, uh, you know, uh, perspective, but when you're in the rhythm section of a band and you're in the back line, <laughs> there's people who are singing. And that's, I think that's a good, I mean, if Ryan got that question, I mean, did he, did he get that question? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for him, I'm sure that there's like this, this, this want for that to happen. Like people are getting it and there's like this, this telepathy thing going on for sure. And you can see it. I feel like it's, it's happening right in front of our eyes on a regular basis. It's like whether it's people reading into like the lyrics that he's written or like people just like vibing on everything that's coming at them at a live show and you see people like freaking out and stuff. It's almost like, you know, evangelical or something like you, people going like, ah, like freaking out like in the front row and stuff. And you're just like, wow, is that telepathy? I, you know, one would, if you want to go down that road, I'd say yes. And that's rad. No. Um, for me personally, uh, yeah, I I haven't really been presented with 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 considering it all that much. Mm. Um, I guess, and I think it, it goes back and forth because I think music and visual arts would probably be a little bit different. Because um, in the visual arts, you are probably the last person to say what it is that you mean by doing this, unless you spell it out in like the title or you're there to tell somebody when they get it. So it's always going to be up to the viewers. Um, interpretation of it and in music I feel like you can imply it so much more to a certain degree lyrically because you're putting it there but it's still able to be opened up into any any individual's personal experience um, and I as a, as a musician I've never really gotten there except for maybe in certain situations where there's like you know cameos of a certain personality or a certain uh uh, emotion that you want to like really highlight in in the uh, in the performance, and I know there's the one where like I know Ryan's a big fix on this. He really always wants me to climb on top of my vibes and rip my shirt off and do that shit from Lost Boys, where like the dude's on the beach and he's greased up and he's doing like the saxophone thing. He's like, and. It's weird because uh, <laughs> I feel like even like going that far back, there's like this, it, you're implying uh, this, 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 or you're, you're trying to reference this, you know, vibe, this, this specific image and, you know, part of, or, 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 or experience that you'd have in this, like, I guess it's from the 80s even. And there's like, it, or it, using, for example, like there's this one break that we do where um, I guess it depends on, on the generations and like how young people are, or how old people are and if they're going to get it or not. Because I think your telepathy might be a little bit different if they're like 15 to 20 years younger than the person, you know, trying to like send those waves out. Um, but there is that one time where I did the welcome to the jungle shit and nobody got it. There's this break. You were there. You, yeah, you're just like, I mean, some people would, but I'm, you know... You really want that that vibe to be hitting everybody. You want everybody to be feeling it. And it was just like... And you're like, you know where you are? <laughs> like, no, I don't. This is fucked up. And uh, so I guess in those situations, I guess it depends on how, how you're 
telepathically, you know, transmitting. Um, and I guess if, if you're if you're not doing it very uh, outwardly and like by example, and you're just keeping it to the brain waves, maybe that works better. But I don't know. That's a weird question. <laughs> I like it though. At this point, the conversations start to edge into the more general topic of communicating through art and whether or not the audience receives the artist's intended meaning. It starts with Matt Gibson and Billy Tufala, who both played in Man Man and Buffalo Stance together around this time, and Steve Touchton and Vice Cooler from XBXRX. I've been in uh, projects where, you know, that that message is, hasn't been so, uh, at least from my, you know, from the the artist's perspective isn't so telepathic, you know, like it's been more of like wanting it to be an obvious thing or something, a message that hopefully if anyone's just paying attention will be there. I guess finding in, you know, in my personal, uh, uh, projects, I just like finding, um, either something like finding a theme that is important enough or something that can, can kind of be a little bit more deep than just say, you know, an, an interest or something that, something that's just like, you know, uh, just kind of interesting that people might find interesting. Like the, the goal would to hopefully find something that not only is it interesting, but it's meaningful and, you know, people can't help but want to be a part of it by listening or looking or, or interacting with whatever you want to do as an artist. But I find, but I guess my my uh, my my point is that you know, <clears throat> uh, instead of it being, like I, I can't, I personally, at least not at the moment, can't can't create something with with it meaning something for me, and and hopefully, like through the piece, like someone else will get, you know, the same level, the same understanding. Like usually, if if I'm gonna make something that I want somebody to get a specific idea out of like I'm probably gonna say that specific idea and hope that people are just paying attention and and then they'll they'll get that idea otherwise I will make something that makes me feel a certain way and I would hope that someone would just get any sort of feeling from it at all you know and like that would be a uh, a success you know and through music it's a lot easier just to go for what it you know music naturally does to a person which is give you like you know, you feel a vibration or a rhythm and you kind of just want to move or just like, you know, just kind of at least or in your head, just move with the music. Like, I feel like that's kind of what music does naturally before you start uh, writing words or poetry over over top of it, you know. But then again, for someone like Billy, I'm sure he has a different, uh, completely different uh, point of view because I feel like sculpture the messages you get through creating and looking at sculpture might well, no, be completely was, different than a song. Well, or, no, because with an object, if you make an object or or a painting um, that's representational, there's like it's it's kind of like face value with an implied meaning. 
um, or even whatever. It could be abstract. It could be whatever. There's like this th- this implied, uh, you know, whatever it is that you're implying, it's there, and, and the reader can read into it, or the viewer can see, like, read into it, or the listener can, you know, hear it. I feel like telepathy is a really romantic way of, of putting it. Of course, Stephen King would say something. He's super, uh, I, I guess, yeah, I would, I would say that you're, I would, I, I mean, with, for visual arts, yeah, I, I would like to think that it's there, that, that you're going for it. But at the same time, knowing that I, I never really get this disheartened or, or upset at the idea that nobody will ever fucking read it and that telepathy's not working because you're going to be the last person to say what somebody else is going to read into or you're going to be the last person to, you know, uh, dictate how their thoughts are going to move after it being ex- exposed to what it is that you're presenting. I don't know. I mean, this is maybe related, maybe not at all, but I've been kind of trying to formulate this, like how I feel about this sort of communicating through art or the artist intention actually being read by the uh, audience, even though it's not, you know, a sort mm. of clear cut directly stated thing. But, I mean, I, I'm st- starting to feel like it's almost like um, when I make something, it's like making a, a tarot card or, you know, something along those lines where, um, you know, I have, I have my own idea of what it's supposed to communicate to someone. Um, but really it's like each individual person's going to interpret it however they need to, or, you know, based on their own experience. So I think that it's, um, I mean, yeah, some, I, I guess this, there's just different opinions from different artists about, you know, um, I mean, some people think that, like, the artist's intention is, like, the the thing that's supposed to be either gotten or, like, not, you know, gotten by the viewer or the listener or whoever, but I I guess I'm more of the opinion that everyone's going to... It's really about sort of what they personally... It's like they're the creative listener or something. Like, they can create whatever they want out of what I give them, you know, and I can just hope that it'll be something nice or, you know, that most people will find something worthy out of it, but... I don't I don't have any expectations that sort of how I view my music is going to be how anyone else in the world does. Um, yeah, in, in, in a way, like the artist's intent is is not relevant, even, you know, um, because you you. Uh, OK, this is a good example. Um, you know, there's like some stuff on six and sixes, like most of that was about like you know it's very political like anti like sex sexism anti-homophobia you know like um anti-racism all this stuff and like um on that tour like kids would come up to me and be like uh man like your record it means a lot to me and and it was very flattering you, you know when someone says that it's like whoa cool they got it and then they would follow that up like talking about bands or something they'd be like that dude fucking plays like a girl he's fucking and um and then what they just said earlier, I'm like, wait, that doesn't even doesn't make sense, you know? And, and, and so, uh, like, in a way, like, my artistic intent of that record, like, doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't, because it's, it's like you against, like, tons of other people's uh, perspective of it, you know? And, and, like, I've, you know, and someone could come to the show really mad, like, you know, maybe they got fired or, like, someone broke up with them or like whatever and they just come in and just 
pissed off and then um and then some other person could just come in there same scenario you know and then us playing one song for one person it could make them joyful and really uh like feel really positive and really great you know like oh cool i relate to this like this is great and then the other person could hear the same song be in the same room and it'll make them more angry you know and, and they'll just be like you know punching people get kicked out of the club or whatever but it's like their reaction to just getting worked up by like the way the drums are played or something um you know and then and so that one that one scenario in the same room like that's happened it shows and and it's two people getting completely different different reactions from the one thing that was exactly the same to like the 200 people in the room or whatever and, and so in a way like our intent it, it's out the window it doesn't matter i mean in, in a way to me like any um any reaction is generally i think good Be, because i i want um i want people to like feel something um my intent's like secondary like as long as they feel something it's it's good because you know it's like even when someone set, comes up and they interpret something I did, but then they can't apply it to their life and they're saying like weird stuff that I don't understand why they're saying it if they like it, you know. Um, my hope is that you know it's like they felt something from it, so maybe like down the road they'll think about it and maybe it, maybe they will understand it or maybe they never will. But but just the fact that that uh, there is a reaction at all is pretty good someone feels neutral about something it, it it's it's really a bummer yes. it, it's really sad because it's like wow like they didn't get any anything out of that like prefer for someone to like completely hate it than not feel anything at all thank you for listening to this special weird music series of the talking writing podcast you can find the full weird music album on Bandcamp, spotify apple music and elsewhere links to these are in the associated notes to support Talking Writing, myself, and the podcast, you can now subscribe to the Talking Writing Substack, my own Substack, or the Talking Writing Podcast on any of the supported platforms. In addition to supporting these artistic endeavors, subscribers will also receive bonus material, starting with four bonus episodes of the Weird Music Podcast, and upcoming extra content from the Talking Writing Podcast interviews.